Hello, and welcome to episode two of 35 Minutes with Gabe Malika. I'm your host, Gabe Malika. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode and leaving reviews. I got really nice messages from people that were listening, and that makes me feel good. I did laugh out loud at getting one two-star review because that means the person who gave me that review either doesn't like me. And I know that that might be hard for some of you to believe that people don't like me, but some people don't like me. And they didn't even not like me enough to give me a one-star review. They were like, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but it's definitely not. It's not good. You shouldn't. I mean, don't listen to the podcast. But isn't that the nature of humanity that we focus on the two-star reviews and not all the nice five-star reviews? So I appreciate people leaving me reviews. That's very kind. I had a lot of fun making that first episode with Michael. And as I record these, I find myself becoming better at them, if I do say so myself, maybe in subtle ways. But I do feel more confident and comfortable uh, recording these. And this second episode is with my old high school band teacher, Mr. Brandon Seneca. And Brandon's a really great guy. Uh, We talk about how we met, uh, how I was in his marching band, how I auditioned for school plays in front of him. We get into the weeds a little bit in marching band language and culture, and I'm trying to get better at explaining things mid-episode. But for the things that I don't, I will try to fill in the gap. So we talk about uh, marching band competitions and shows. And basically that means is it's three songs or two songs that the band will learn and and march around in formations. And the shows typically have a theme. We go into some of the themes of the shows that we had and we competed with against other schools. And then we talk about marching band drill. And drill, besides being a bizarre, fun Twitter account, is also the word for where you march to to make your little formations while performing. So we get into the weeds a little bit about that, but everything else should be pretty self-explanatory. I really enjoyed talking to Brandon. He's a really thoughtful, kind guy. And I trusted my gut that he would be fun to talk to. And I think I was right. So that's exciting. So without further ado, uh, we had a couple people write in to me about potential ads for the show. So today's episode is brought to you by AT&T, Your World Delivered. AT&T Incorporated is an American multinational conglomerate holding company headquartered in Whitaker Tower in downtown Dallas, Texas. It is the world's largest telecommunications company, the largest provider of mobile telephone services, and the largest provider of fixed telephone services in the United States through AT&T Communications. Since June 14th, 2018, it's also the parent company of mass media conglomerate Warner Media, making it the world's largest media and entertainment company in terms of revenue. As of 2020, AT&T was ranked nine. As the 14, out of the, on the Fortune 500 rankings of the largest United States corporations with revenues of $181 billion, AT&T, your world delivered. So, yeah, somebody wrote that in. I mean, again, it can be more personal. It can be like for your YouTube channel or something uh, where you rate frying pans for their non-stickability. But you could also shout out large multinational conglomerates. That's fine too. I don't want to corporation shame you if that's how you choose to spend your free ad. This is episode two. I hope you enjoy it. Brandon's a great guy. Uh, I had a lot of fun in high school doing a lot of different things and Brandon really was a big part of that. And he's a good man and support local uh, 
fan concerts when things come back. I'm sure he would love to see you in attendance at the Stewart School band concerts. I know I'll be there. It'll be a blast. Uh, so without further ado, Mr. Brandon Seneca, everybody. Hey, Brandon. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Yeah? Just, uh, just finished helping my daughter with her science project. That's the best. How, what grade is she in? Fifth now. What does fifth grade science look like? Are you being um, challenged? She's doing, uh, so science, like she actually, she just took a test on the uh, periodic table. All right. She had to draw atoms off of the, uh, off the elements. So, you know stuff i haven't thought about in a long time yeah yeah you you sort of have to go through school again that's exactly it i was like oh yeah i forgot what those little numbers meant <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah electrons of course yeah. and, and she's your oldest right she's my oldest she was the one that was born right after you graduated that's right she was born um the uh the friday night after band camp <laughs> that's right oh my goodness now it's all coming back to me yeah. um that's so exciting yeah we haven't really talked in like 10 years no not at all i mean not I'm at all. A little on facebook yeah every once in a while but you're um my first guest was was a friend who who from college who i have i've seen in and out of and you're my second guest the podcast oh. isn't even out yet wow um but I was inspired to have a podcast because, um, and I told the story in the last episode, but I wrote letters with a girl from my, from growing up and we had the very, we had a very different memory of the exact same book and each other. And we didn't realize that until we like wrote this letter to each other. And so I was like, wow, it's so weird that somebody remembers me in a way that I don't remember myself. Yeah. And so it might be fun to talk to people who knew me when I was 14, because you probably, because I don't, I wasn't anything. I was just like a mush in shorts wandering the planet, which is not to say that I only want to talk about me. I'm also fascinated about your, your pivot to, um, to Stewart school. I was a Stratford school kid. Okay. We had lockers, Yeah, but I also want to know about elementary school music because I'm, I, I loved elementary school music and I want to know what your life has been like. So um, I guess we can start with the last time we spoke was my senior year of high school. And do you remember that band and that show? See, so 2010. So I graduated in 2010. So the last, the last show, I guess yeah, was 09. Nine show. Um, uh, geez, that goes back a long time. Mm -hmm. I've done so many shows. Yeah, that's great. No, 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 that's fine. I think it was, I don't, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I think it was the who, is that what we did senior so, year? Yeah, Tommy. You were Tommy? Yeah, you were Tommy. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. And then before that, I think was, did you, were you in the superhero? That would right over there. That would have been around superheroes. Superheroes was and first. Then, and then um, was my first show in 10th did, grade. Did you do West Side Story? That was senior year. So yeah, so we did, that's what it was. It was superheroes, Tommy, and then West Side Story, of course, because... I'm a musical theater nerd. And even still now, like I'll hear the, <laughs> the marching band arrangement in my head when I should be hearing, you know, Oscar winning uh, singers. Okay. Yeah. So those were our three shows. And where were you in your life when we were doing this? How old were you when we met in 2000, God, six? So 2006. So that would have been, so I would have been like just over 30. It's like 32, maybe. Oh my goodness. Then. That's basic. I mean, I'm 29 now and it's yeah. very. Basically your age now. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> 
I turned 45 this summer. So yeah, okay. that makes me early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And how old were you when you started at Garden City? So I started in Garden City when I was 25. Wow. It was my, uh, it was my second or my third gig. Um, I started teaching right out of college. Uh, mm-hmm. up in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get my first, my first year out of college, I, um, I ran a marching band. Um, and, uh, and it was just a part-time gig. And so yeah. I spent my day processing loans at a mortgage firm. Wow. <laughs> that was my first, that was, that was, that was my first jump into real life. And then, uh, that, that part-time gig, the, the normal band director that was there during the day left so yeah. in full time. And that became my job. And then, uh, my soon to be wife and I wanted to come to New York. And uh-huh. so, uh, we came to New York and, uh, you know, I didn't have a job yet. We just came. Yeah. Um, I got a job in Bridgeport, Connecticut, teaching middle school, general music and chorus. Well, that's right. You did chorus. That's right. We used to talk about that. I did that for, I did that for a year and, uh, and then I got the job in garden city and I've been there ever since. Wow. That's why it's so funny that you were, you were like moonlighting. You were like, um, your standup comedy was a marching band. That's so funny. Cause like everyone I know has a day job and like, Oh, at night I'm, you know, trying to do comedy. Did you guys compete that first band? The, the first band? Yes, I did actually. It was, it was, um, it was a good little band. It was a small band. There was, uh, I want to say it was like 18 kids, it was okay. a real small band. but, yeah. uh, but they were good. We did, um, I did two shows with them. No, three shows with them. Um, I did a Sting show, which was really cool. <laughs> nice. Um, and it was all, the whole thing was, we had a really good soprano sax player. So the whole thing was like a soprano sax player standing in the front of the field with a microphone. just <laughs> You know, you, you, you do what you can with a band that size. Of course. Yeah. You, you play to your strengths. Yeah. Um, we did a jazz show, which was really cool. Um, yeah, it was a good little band. Um, but that's kind of where I cut my teeth teaching. You know, it was uh, as far as like what to do when I had a great staff. That's kind of, mm. I think that really made a difference in my, in my overall growth as a, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and I was just a kid. I was 21 years old. Yeah. I was only a couple of years older than the kids I was teaching. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I had a, I had a great staff that I worked with, with that band and they, uh, they taught me a lot, you know, mm-hmm. how, how the, how to, how to pace to drill, how to pace rehearsals, mm-hmm. you know, how to prioritize all that stuff. Cause it's, it's a giant puzzle. Yeah. That's yeah. the most fun part about it that I found. And so full disclosure, when I was in college, I was a pit instructor at Westmoreland. Cause we actually ran into each other. You know what? That's, that's not true. We ran into each other in 2012, right? In yeah. Syracuse. Yeah. And I was 2021 20, and they just gave me like the, they weren't paying me. I was like happy to volunteer. And um, they gave me like the smallest job in the world. And I remember being like, oh, what she's doing is like the real deal. So the idea that you were doing that, you were getting reps in, right? Yeah. Um, at 21 is, that's great. That's yeah. like, what an opportunity. It was, you know, it was a good path. And it brought, it brought me where I am today. Yeah. Which, I mean, happy family, kids. I mean, you really, um, it's something to, I aspire to, I wouldn't say. It's not something that I'm prioritizing. What else do I want to ask you about? So did you, when you were a kid, did you do high school marching band in Cleveland? Uh, actually, in, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I was in Virginia. So That's right. remember I bounced around. I think I talked about that. I, I, I usually talked a lot about my, when I was younger, um, mm-hmm. 
my path with, I, I used, I used my path to motivate a lot of kids yeah. um, because mine was a little bit unorthodox musically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, when I was in high school, yes. Yeah, so, uh, I did the high school marching band. Um, I was lucky enough to have, uh, a really amazing high school band teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, because before I got to the high school, I had good teachers. I mean, I, I, I I'm not going to say I didn't have good teachers before him, yeah. but I just didn't care. You know, I was, I was just, I played trumpet because, you know, uh, my mom said you should play trumpet. I'm like, yeah. all right. You know, I didn't even know what it was until I opened the case. I'm like, oh, that's a trumpet. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm going to play that thing. <laughs> um, but I mean, I remember sitting in eighth grade band. I was sitting at the end of the row with one of my friends just sitting there like, I have no idea what's going on right now. I don't know what any of this stuff on the page means. I'm like, why am I here? I I can barely get it. I was, I was that kid that every band director hated. (laughs) I was just putting sour notes in the mix, you know, and it was a good band. Um, when I look back at it, what I can remember of it and, and, uh, my mom has some recordings of it and stuff like that. And we've listened every now and then, but, uh, and then I got to high school and like immediately it changed, Mm. Um, you know, cause the summer between middle school and high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in high school. So I would visit uh, my dad's Stone, Ohio, and he's at Young's. He, te- he used to teach at Youngstown State University. That area, the Mahoning Valley of Ohio, is like a hotbed for football. They, mm-hmm. they pump out players to Penn State, to Ohio State. That's what they, they, they put out some, um, some good coaches from that area. Mm-hmm. It's just Ohio is a hotbed for football. So I went to the, so I went to the Youngstown State football camp that summer. Never played football before in my life, wow. right? They show up there and they're like, what position do you play? And I was like, um, receiver? And they're like, all right, defense. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 safety, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. Making stuff up. And I was, and these kids were monsters. And I'm yeah. like, I don't belong here. Right. And I was like, what am I doing? You know? And uh, the whole week, just I was just like, I didn't know anybody because I didn't go to school in Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, I don't know. I don't know anybody. I don't know how to play this sport. I've watched it on TV, but that's it's very know? different. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you're in it, it's a whole different animal. And it's like that with anything. Yeah. You know? You're just pushing people. It's really not that fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I got home and I, and I was talking to my mom's like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can play football. I don't think it's for me. And she's yeah. like, well, you can, you can join the marching band. I heard the marching band is really good at the high school. And I'm like, sure. Put me in it. Yeah. So Again, I didn't know what I was walking into. First, you know, I showed up to band camp, not even knowing what marching band was. I was just like, oh, I joined the band, so I'm in marching band. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time I finished camp, I was hooked. Yeah. Like, this is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it just kind of went from there. And uh, by the time I graduated high school, I was, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be, I want to be, his, his, his name was uh, Mr. Easley. I was like, I want to be Mr. Easley when I grow up. I want to be this man. He was, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, you know, got into Berkeley and yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really do and did like love it too. And I, 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 I understand the idea of catching that bug because I remember like looking back on high school at a certain point and being like, oh, okay, I was in the plays. I was in, you know, like vocal jazz. I did like all these different things and the collaboration and the fun of marching band, the being outside, the running around, there's like a little competitive element to it. It sort of like checked all my boxes in a way that I found really um, sort of exciting. And the contrast of it being at a football game is really, it really brings out a certain type of, um, it's not cool, quote unquote, but like I'm having a blast. 
Yeah. Uh, and there's a certain part of like, oh yeah, all the cool kids are here. Well, like I'm here in my marching band uniform, messing around on the quads, like having fun. Yeah. You're in the old uniforms too, right? You're in yeah. <laughs> the old school ones. Yeah. yeah. The new ones came on. I think that came a year after you left too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the band started to score when I left too. So I don't want <laughs> I know correlation and causation are not the same. Well, you asked me what I remembered way back when we started. You asked me what I remembered about that time. And the biggest thing I remember is that was the rebuild. Mm-hmm. You you were you were right in the restructuring. Like uh, so, just before you joined, um, we had to restructure because uh, money got shifted around, like it does in schools. And uh, I didn't have the money for my staff like I used to. I couldn't mm-hmm. pay them like I used to. And they're like, and I had before you were there. This I had top notch people there. Yeah. Um. But uh. And I still had. I we always found good people. Yeah, but they were they were some of the best teachers on Long Island. Yeah, um, and so to replace them was tough. And then I lost a drill writer, so you were in some of my first drills. That's right. Um, I, so it was it was me. Like at that point, I kind of understood how to teach it, but I never constructed it like I had to. Mm-hmm. When you were in it, like so, I was like, okay, you know, I had to learn. Like, where do I put people on the field? Where do how do I make it work? Why, you know? And that's when I so I started arranging for the band. I started writing the drill for the band. I was doing everything at that point. So I was like, you know, yeah, you're the coach and the GM. Yeah, you had so double duty. So you were kind of my guinea pigs in that in that whole system. Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, at the time, like not knowing, like what what a good score was. Like I was just like, we're having fun. I could probably march the show now. I started on like the 30 or the 35 and I marched backwards to start and then forward again. Like I I really do have those years ingrained in me. And I, my first, so two things that I wanted to to mention. One, my first memory of you is auditioning for the fall play. Yeah. I was a ninth grader and you were on like the selection panel. It was a little shop, right? It, so that was the spring. The fall was, you can't take it with you. Can't take it with you. Yes. And we had to, the, the irony of this is not lost on me. We were asked in addition to our monologue to tell a joke. Hmm. And I remember really flubbing the joke, like just like messing it up to the point where I remember you like looking up and laughing. Oh, he's really trying, but like he really did forget the words to this joke. Freshman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In my shorts or sweatpants or whatever I was wearing. So that's my first memory. My second memory is later that spring, I had become friends with the juniors of that year. And they were like, yeah, you should join marching band. Like you used to play the trumpet. And I remember walking over to you in the cafeteria and finding you to ask you, like, can I be in the band? And I remember thinking really nervous. I hope doesn't like reject me. And it's so funny to now know from your perspective, you were probably like, we need everybody we can get. Like, of course you could be in the band. Yay. Another person. <laughs> exactly. That was always a good day when, uh, when, when, a, when a random kid came up to me and they wanted to join the marching band. Yeah. And it, I mean, it really did certainly at the time, um, changed my life in a way because, um, the thing I loved most about marching band, it was it was not the thing that I was best at, but it was probably the thing that I enjoyed the most, which always meant a lot to me because I always wasn't a particularly good trumpet player, like played a little bit in college, was in jazz band, but just like finessed around the music a little bit. Yeah. Um, and marching I liked a lot because it was competitive in exercise and I wasn't, I famously, famously in my life, you know obviously hyperbolic um quit football and like couldn't do it and marching felt like a thing that i could um 
I don't know, like run around with my friends. But yeah, I think the things in life that I'm most attracted to sometimes are the things that like I'm not great at right away. Because those were always the kids that I enjoyed in the choir. I remember through middle school, through college, there were people who were like, I'm just okay at this, but I really like it. And I'm always like, that's the kind of kid I want. Because the kids who are savants, like sometimes like aren't even that fun to play with or run around with. I always like the hard workers. Mm. I was, I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of how I got to where I was too. I was, like I said, I was, I was horrible. And then one day I decided, you know, I want to get better at this. And that's, you know, and that's, that's always, that's, that was my, that, that, that journey was always my uh, symphonic band story. Like mm. I'd get some kid in there that would be like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm like, well, let me explain to you where I came from. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When I tell them where, you know, I was like, I was just like you, I was, I didn't do it, you know? And then I said, Oh, you know, maybe I should practice a little bit. I got a little encouragement. I practiced a little bit. And, you know, I'm not saying you're going to be a band director when you grow up, but you, you can learn this, you know, and yeah. sometimes it worked. And sometimes they're like, oh, Mr. Seneca, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a challenge too for you, right? Because there's three bands in the high school. Yeah. There's the the wind ensemble, which is like the most select. And then there wind symphony, right? And yeah. then the symphonic band. And you were always with the symphonic band in addition to all your other duties. Yeah. And so sometimes like to pull kids, like you weren't pulling, <laughs> they're not sending their best, right? Like you're, you're pulling from the kids in the first band but sometimes those are the best kids yeah those are a lot of times are the best to work with because they're willing to do the work yeah they didn't have it handed it it wasn't just there they didn't have it handed to them they had to grind for everything yeah no the symphonic band was so much fun to teach you know it was there was times i wanted to pull my hair out because i was like just what are you doing yeah yeah but uh i always had a blast with them we always laughed we always you know because it there's something to be said about knowing your, your place in things too. Mm. You know? I think that's important. I think not to say that they thought that they were bad, but they, you know, a lot of those kids, I always had like a small pool of kids that were just there because they liked making music, but they weren't going to go home and practice an hour a day. They weren't, they weren't striving the, to, to get to the pinnacle. They just wanted to come in and make music and have a good time and, and, and enjoy that and enjoy that sensation while they could. No. Um, and so, you know, it was, you know, yeah, we wanted to make the best music possible, but at the same time, I was more interested in the, in, in making sure that when they left that room and they left me, that they were, that they look back at it and like, all right, that was fun. I enjoy, you know, when they, and they're under some random party having drinks with their friends someday and it comes up, oh, you played saxophone? Oh, I played clarinet. You know, oh, I had the best time. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, because you don't want them to go, oh, I played clarinet. And it was like the worst four years of my life. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if you had seniors in that, as much as they could be like, oh, I'm in like the freshman band or whatever, they didn't have to be there. You didn't need a music credit. So it was always, I always felt like, so I, I have many friends who did four years of symphonic band. I, I hung out with Redkin yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, I officiated his wedding also. I did a tight five. He was somebody and Redkin and, and Schmidt and all those guys, Gary, I, you know, I talked to all those guys. They're very excited that you're going to be on the podcast. They're probably our four listeners. They didn't have to be there and they very much, um, they very much did. And I think that speaks to, um, you know, if you were screaming at them all day, they wouldn't have stayed. <laughs> also, I mean, like, uh, and some and some of those funny players still went off and played in college too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rutkin did. Yeah. 
He played in the RIT uh, pep band. Yeah, didn't he end up being like uh, like one of the uh, the head people of it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got to get. We got to make a movie. Yeah. Um, of Red Contreras. It can be. Uh, it could be on Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that would not be the worst show yeah. on Disney Plus. Right, right next to Remember the Titans. Yeah. Oh, Remember the Redkins. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, he was, so he went to RIT and I went to Hamilton. And so he would drive me home from college and I would be like, I'm in choir, barbershop quartet, I'm in an acapella group. And he was like, yeah, I go to every hockey game and just blare on my saxophone and it's sweet. And I did get him to admit once he's like, I probably should have done marching band. I was like, I knew, I knew I could draw a concession from you <laughs> at some point. Um, Connor almost did it. Yeah. Yeah. His brother did. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Connor showed up for camp and then he was like, oh, I thought we were just going to be hanging out with you. Because <laughs> uh, when we did the uh, the crew for uh, for the musicals and the plays, mm-hmm. you know, we thought it was going to be like that. Where we just kind of hung out for an hour. So <laughs> we built something. <laughs> we got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think if had high school been five years, we probably would have been able to convince them. Yeah. Um, but that was another your like diverse set of skills like came in handy, right? You were like building sets. Of- yeah, that was a fun little random side thing I did for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was, uh, the, the, I think the trademark line is just get it done. We're not building a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget you were, were you were in rumors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So that, that set <laughs> just about killed me, I think. <laughs> that was one of the hardest things I ever built in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. the big staircase right in the middle of the stage. Yeah, big staircase, working, four working doors. Yep, yeah, that had to slam and like, because it was comedy, it has to be very precise. Yeah, so doors that had to slam without the whole set wobbling all over the place and oh, that set was impossible. I destroyed the stage, nailing things into the floor. I just, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, this is this, this is the um, this is the documentary about the rumors production that no one asked for, but we are doing. That's so funny. Um, yeah, that was a great, it's so funny to look back on the things that bled into my life now. And rumors was funny is a good show and getting laughs is a thing that, you know, if you had asked me then I would be like, yeah, I want to hit the high notes. Like I want to sing. The plays are just like a thing that I do to hold over. But the comedy stuff like really was, I mean, I took a turn, right? Um, but it's funny to see like early influences. Um, I also just read a book that I recommend called Range about how people that achieve great things like, pivot a lot and they like, have all these varied interests. They're not people who go necessarily like the deepest in their field, but they do like a bunch of different things and like, come together. And so when I think of like, you, like, oh yeah, I can also build sets and I can do drill and I can teach this trumpet thing and like how to blow on a clarinet. There's just like a million skills that are useful and have a good morale in a band. Like all of those things are not necessarily compatible. You can be the best band teacher on earth, but if people don't want to be in your band, you're kind of like shit out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the cornerstone of what I'm doing now over at, at Stuart. It's, it's, it's pure motivation. Mm. It's, uh, you know, yeah, you're going to play a couple songs, but for the most part, my job is to give you uh, a, a passion for this. That's going to last and make you want to keep coming back year after year. That foundation is critical for that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's the cornerstone. And that's always been kind of the cornerstone of my teaching philosophy. Yeah. You know, 
get them to get them to buy in and they'll do anything, anything for you. Right. Yeah. And that's like anything else. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's, that's all I do is I try, I, I just try to, I try to read what they're into. I try to, you know, it's a diff, it's just, uh, it's just, it's, but it's cool to see that when, when you see them get into it and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, and they're like, they're, you see them running into band, you get that. It's a different energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's an excitement. The world is new. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's so funny because in high school, it's like, all right, you're right. You know, you know, they're into it, but they're like, yeah, I'm here again. And it's, yeah, I, I showed up. You yeah. Know, yeah. You should thank me for being here. You yeah. Know? Hopefully they have their instrument. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, when, when they're in fourth and fifth grade, especially like their first couple rehearsals in fourth grade, those kids come sprinting into the room, they pull out their instrument. I mean, they're fired up. Yeah. So if I got to tap into this and figure out how to generate it in perpetuity. Yeah. Are you there for the instrument process where they get their first? Yes. So, so they go from, and so in third grade at the very end of the year, they sit in the room in front of me and I'm like, all right, this is what a flute looks like. This is what it sounds like. And I go through all the instruments and the orchestra teacher does the same thing with the string instruments. Like, you got a week to choose. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And and then you're, you're, you know, and then that's it. You're, you're set for life, you know? (laughs) uh, And then we try to time it where we do our concert while they're choosing. So they, they've heard about the instruments, they're thinking about joining. And then we get like, you know, immediately like a bunch of kids run home and tell mom and dad, they want to play an instrument and I get signups real fast. Mm -hmm. The tapers off. And then we have the concert and then almost, almost like clockwork that day, boom, does like another 20 people sign up for bands. They hear the concert, like, wow, that sounds awesome. I want to do that next year. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's all, there's a science to it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're a marketer too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You got to sell it. You got to, that's the thing. So you got to get them to want to do it. And then they get there and then you, it's the, you know, you, just like anything else, it's probably no different than the first time you stood on a stage to, to tell a joke. You know, it's, it's tough in the beginning, anything you do. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. It's a lot of failure. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough enough as an adult to, to, to fail and, and have to work through it and get better no. for a nine-year-old. You know, they, they want to come back week after week until they can, you know, especially like you get a player on an instrument, like a flute and I'll have kids, uh, they, they can go a whole year without getting their first real sound out. Yeah. I'm like, all right, just put your fingers in the right place. I tr- trust me. Eventually that'll be a note. And yeah. One day it does. You're like, oh, I did it. I did it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to, to, for a kid to sit there for months before they have like any real success, I mean, mm. that's, that's tough. Yeah. But that's why I, and after, now that I've done that, cause I never really taught beginners before I moved there five years ago. Mm-hmm. But now that I've done that and I've watched specifically the flute, it's cause that, it's just, the embouchure is the toughest, right? Yeah. To get the air, to hit that hole just right. You know, you can, you can, I, I always joke. They're like, what's the easiest instrument? I was like, you can, you can hand a, you can hand a euphonium to a monkey and they can play it. You know, like, <laughs> the mouthpiece is this big. Yeah. <laughs> it's blow when it makes a sound. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it takes work to make it sound great, but you know, but yeah. for a flute, you have to finesse it and you can't mm. force it to play. And, that's not an, a nine-year-old can't think that way. They just want to force the sound out of the instrument. Yeah. So uh, to grind that out and get to where they need to and work through it methodically and train themselves to do that. And then you, and then I think back to the flute players I taught in high school mm-hmm. and they were always the hardest workers. 
Mm. Always, always the ones that always, it's, you know, and you think about it, think about the flute players you knew in the band. They were always the most like gun ho dedicated. I'm not messing around. Yeah. Right. And and it makes sense now. It's like, oh, cause I thought maybe cause there was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, was it, so maybe it was just cause it was, that made them more competitive, but no, it's because in the beginning, mm. I think it's cause it was so difficult. It taught them that work ethic that, that, they're still using today. You know, yeah. I see some of my former flute players, um, I'm friends with a bunch of them on Facebook and I see what they're doing. And I'm like, you know, you're still doing it. You're still pushing. You're still, yeah. you're still grinding away. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes a ton of sense to me, especially when you think about drummers and it's like, you can make a sound. Yeah. Just like tap your, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm playing the drums, but yeah, that, that barrier to entry is, in a good way, like, I don't want to say it weeds people out, but it, it, it that's a resilience that I think is important in a, in a pretty low stakes, right? It's not like we're like depriving them of food, but yeah. like, um, go in the box if you don't play that note. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, but, but that's like, um, can I ask you a gendered question? Is, is it still mostly girls? Does it have a girl's reputation or do we get it some does. boys? It does. Um, I, but there has not been a year yet where I haven't had at least one boy on it. That's great. Yeah. That's like tangible difference yeah. from, I, I think we had one boy flute player in my f- entire K through 12 memory that I can remember. I'm trying to think back then. I've had a couple boys over the years when they come to high school mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back then. Was it, I think James? Was yeah. James? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I was a freshman. So I was like, Whoa, cool. Like even then, cause I was a tenor. I had no, I had no, uh, raw manliness to stand on. I was singing the high notes. Um, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like, you know, people complain like kids are getting softer, but like that is not my experience at all. Cause I work in a high school. My day job is I, I teach writing. I run a writing center at a high school and I just talk to the most resilient kids every day, especially now, yeah. right? It's a pandemic. You're teaching, are you teaching band over zoom? Kind of. Okay. Um, I, it, it's, we're still trying to keep it going. It's, it's, um, I get to see them one class at a time. So it's not by instrument group. Usually you see like all the flute players at once and then the trumpet players, instead of broken down by instrument, I see them by what teacher they have. Okay. And then, uh, so, and I only get, I'm only getting one shot a day. So instead of having like five chances a day to see kids and get them all in a week, I see them once a day. So it takes a little longer to get through them, but they're seeing me live. There's all okay. Kind of, but there's all, you know, there's parameters and, and all the stuff. And it's, so it's, it's very doable. Yeah. Um, so, and so that's great. And attendance on that is perfect. Like I never have kids miss. Right? Oh, that's great. It's before school. They got to come in early for it. Whoa. So coming in uh, 40 minutes early so they can sit and play live music. Yeah. Um, and then in between that, cause I only see them once every two and a half weeks right now. Okay. Um, and in between that, uh, it's all, it's all digital. So every week they get a video of me explaining how to play something. And then they send me videos of them trying to play it. And then I send them another video based on what I saw. Oh yeah, dude, that was great. Or, you know, work on this and do that, but you're yeah. doing awesome. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit of a cheerleader and you know, that motivation factor we're talking about no? yeah. doing it through a computer screen. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's working, you know, the, the kids that are grinding it out this year, like, and I bet you thought, like, so you talk about resilience and all that, those kids are probably going to be, you know, whatever they, whatever they work on in the future, it, it, same thing with those flute players. 
if they take that work ethic with them and that dedication, you can do anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have a couple fill in the blank questions. We started at 20. Oh, we're doing, we're crushing on time. Yeah. Um, so this podcast is called 35 minutes with Gabe Malaka. 35 is my lucky number. And also, um, because it's a number, if you have your podcast in alphabetical order, it'll be the first one. <laughs> a little bit of marketing. <laughs> yeah. um, so here are my here are my questions for you. The first fill in the blank. Proudest moment leading the Garden City High School marching band was. Ah, that's a tough one. Uh, proudest moment. Or a proud moment. We don't have to yeah. rank everything. You know what? My last season, actually. Cool. Yeah, because it, it's we talked about my growth of of growing as a as a director and a creator. Mm. Um, uh, so that my final year, um, and I didn't know it was going to be my final year because it, it wasn't discussed that I was going to switch to Stewart until much later in the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, I felt like it was one of those shows where everything seemed to click just right. I had a mm. good team, I had good music, uh, I had a great group of kids. Uh, it's always a great group of kids, but um, it's a good group of kids that just to just plowed away. And, it, it, you know, I had worked and studied enough where I, I, I was able to kind of construct something that made sense, that was entertaining, but still competitive. And um, and that band did really well. They did really well. Um, so I think the when we went to championships that year, when we went to nationals, mm-hmm. um, watching them perform. And it's always, and I would say it was always that portion any season, mm-hmm. but that show just happened to be a really, you know, I would say it was one of the top shows that I put together in all the years. And it just happened to be my last one. So I went on on top. Yeah. You're at the peak of your powers. That's cool. You so always just, want, you know, watching the students execute everything that, you know, it, I spent a year on that. Right. Yeah. So watching the students execute it and seeing it all kind of work and saying, okay, that, that plan worked this year, you yeah. know, and they, and they bought in and they did it and they, and they, they climbed to the top and that's, you know, they couldn't have done any better. Yeah. And you know, so that's, I would say that was probably one of my prouder moments and it just happened to be my last moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, what was the show? That show was, it was called the breakup. <laughs> Perfect show for me. Great. I love it already. 10 out of 10. I put a giant heart in the middle of the field and, uh, <laughs> And then um, we opened up with Why Do Fools Fall in Love? I'm and, all about that. Uh, and then it trends, it's flipped over to Trouble by Taylor Swift. Oh, my, Brandon. Um, and then, and then the, the ballad was Creep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what did we close with? Oh, now I'm blanking on the closer. Um, but, and, and, then, and then as the show went on, we pulled the heart apart. You know, and it was like oh this broken heart in the middle of the field. And, um, and the, the very last thing that, that happens is uh, they, 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 we, we, had, we actually had two kids on the field, like, break up. And, like, the, the, the girl, like, the guy, like, it's like, oh, like, goes down on his knee. And she's, like, dissed him and walked away. And <laughs> walked in, like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. It was a fun show. Yeah, that's really clever and really, really. I mean, how do, how do you make teenagers buy in? Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. Tapped into their lives. I was like, you know, they're going to love this. It was all yeah. popular music. It was all, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was a fun show to play. It was a fun show to watch. And they, and they executed, they executed the crap out of it. So, yeah. Was, <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, 
I'll have to one day I'll I'll get to come to one of your uh, Stewart School concerts and see you. Um, that's a different in action. Turnout. It's a different time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's so cool that you got to do that. That's that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, my other question: the best kind of student always has blank or always blanks. Right. Grit. grit. Yeah, grit's always the grits because again we talk about that work ethic. I'll yeah. take I'll take a mediocre player that'll work their tail off before mm-hmm. I'll take uh, before I take a superstar. I've always said it. I love yeah. the superstars because they make the band sound better. Yeah. But um, the ones that have the grit are always the ones that are more fun to work with. Yeah. You know? And as somebody in different types of ensembles, it was always more fun to have um, somebody that just loved it in the college choir. Um, yeah. Cool. Grit. Um, the hardest thing to teach a high schooler is blank. <laughs> um, you know what? To emote. To emote. Yeah. That's a great, I, I, I feel like I did no problem with that, but most high schoolers, let's say. Because yeah. um, you, you come out of that box in the middle school, mm. you're just, you, you, you've, because when you're in elementary school, it's all out there. Yeah. Right? It's, it's all out there. Something happens in that building in the middle school. Yeah. And you just shut down. You're afraid to show everybody because you're afraid of getting teased. Yeah. Right? For me, it was about 40 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're afraid of getting made fun of. So you just, you, you don't, you're afraid to go outside of the box. Yeah. And then you get to the high school and you're like, all right, I need, I need sad here. Mm. I'm not going to give you sad. <laughs> I'm going to pretend to give you sad, but I'm not going to give you real sad because real sad might make somebody look at me and go, look at him. He's being, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To emote. That's a very astute observation. The hardest thing to teach an elementary school student is blank. Patience. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the whole world's at their fingertips. It's hard to, t- it's hard to teach adults patience. I imagine nine-year-olds too. Uh, everyone should listen to blank. Music in general. Music in general. Okay. Besides this podcast, of course. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, Gabe Mollick is uh, 65. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what's your best case for me becoming a father? Things are not looking good. What's uh, as far as. Why should I, why should I do it? Why, why should I prioritize it? it? Yeah. So, so I heard a comedian once um, say um, that being a parent is 90% awful, but the 10% that isn't is so great. It completely overrides the 90%. Okay. And I thought that was a very interesting way to put it. And yeah. every now and then when I'm watching Sydney or my younger one, Zoe do something and I'm like, what are you doing? What, <laughs> what is going on right now? It makes me kind of think of that and going like, all right, but it's all good in the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is part of the 90. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that I would say that there are moments of it that are so spectacular that it, it, it makes up for all the other worry and all the other stuff that kind of makes being a parent tough, you know, the sleepless nights or the whatever else comes with it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, the thing that, so I've, I've been, I was a camp counselor for a really long time, like well into my twenties at this camp upstate for kids with chronic illnesses. That was like a big part of my summer. So like I would work and do comedy and then like I was starting to do that. And then I always just, I kept like running away to go do camp because it was the most meaningful thing I could do. And, you know, I have friends 
from all over the world now because of because of camp and with mostly my students, my kids, my campers. And the thing that just like overwhelms me about being a parent is that it's every day. Mm-hmm. Like they don't leave on day six and you go to the bar like that doesn't exist. And so um, that's what I'm when people like become parents and are good parents. I'm always impressed by that, um, that you just you do it every day. There's yeah. no there's no days off. Yeah, it's a full time job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Do your kids play instruments? Uh, my older one does. Yes. What's she your plan? Yeah, she, she does. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, she's working hard at it. She's, uh, she's in her second year. She started in fourth grade. Okay. So she's working along. She's, she's getting ready to do her first NISMA. Wow. Okay. Proud NISMA graduate over here. Yeah. <laughs> so she's very excited. She keeps asking me, is this, is this going to be good enough to make all County? I'm like, <laughs> already bought into the system (laughs) (laughs) well as a ninth grader who was like if i don't make all state choir like (laughs) my life will be over um and it continues to this day because i did make it um okay cool brandon well um unless there's something else you want to talk about i think we can wrap up no it's your show so (laughs) (laughs) yes i guess i'm very new at this uh, well, thanks for coming on, Brandon. All my friends say hello. Oh, I have to ask you Gary's question. So <laughs> oh, oh, you ever, I'm a little worried about Gary's question. <laughs> have you ever listened to Mark Marin? No. W, he's a, he, he, he basically like is the first, one of the first and like the, um, the comedian podcast where you get like the deep interview with a comic and his famous question is just, who are your guys? Like, which comedians do you like or whatever? But he doesn't phrase it that way. He just says, who are your guys? So Gary wanted me to ask you, who are your guys? My guys. Well, it depends on where you're headed. We're talking music. Then it's, you know, composers like Stravinsky and Philip Glass and Beethoven. Yeah. Um, Or it could be the, it could be the picture from the Disney trip. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. We were so Rudkin got, is getting vaccinated. And then as soon as he's fully vaccinated, he will be going to Disney. (laughs) Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He gets his first shot. I think, I think tomorrow, Um, but they all send their best um, when, um, I gave up drinking, but when things are, are good, I'd love to uh, have a seltzer with you. Yeah, yeah, we we'll get the we can get we can get the crew to go. We can reenact the photo. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes, that's a really great idea. I could not agree more. Um, but thanks for doing this, Brandon. You're um, you're one of my favorite teachers. Oh, one of my favorite things you ever told me. I think about it all the time. Is you said to me once, um, "Life is a series of transitions," and I think about that a lot, especially as I've like had a meandering twenties and it's been important to me and I value it a lot. So I just want to thank you for, for reminding me that, that that's true. That's good. Yeah. That's uh, Wow. I was smart back then. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Brandon, you're one of the real ones and, uh, and I appreciate you and um, let's be in touch. I can't wait to see a concert. Yeah, this is awesome. I was, I, I was, uh, you know, when I saw the, when I saw the message asking to do this, I was like, wow, that's, that's really awesome that he would think to even reach out to me for this. So, you know, I'm honored that you would uh, even think to, to do this with me. Yeah, so, man. Uh, no, of course. Sure. Not only, not only did you make the cut, you're one of my first. So yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm honored. So I'll have to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to brag to all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To all the, uh, I hope I didn't swear. If I did, I'll try to edit it out um, for all your fifth grade listeners. Oh, I don't know if, I, well, I don't, we'll see if I dish it to the fifth graders. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Brandon. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to my episode with Brandon Seneca. I had a lot of fun talking to him. He's a great guy, smart and funny and charming, and it was great to catch up with him. Uh, folks, tune in next week to see who we have. It's uh, it's a great guest. We've recorded the episode already. I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's also. So stick around, share this, like this. Uh, give me five stars and a nice review. <laughs> Let's make it so that two-star review never happened. It's the only thing I'm thinking about. No, I'm just kidding. I don't give that person that much power. Unless like... <laughs> An old person who's like, doesn't know how stars work? No. What am I kidding? Talking about old people back then, they only had stars. Like, it's four stars. It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, That was an old person impersonation, I guess. All right, folks, that was my episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week and send me your ads. I will read them on, I don't know if this is the air, but on the podcast. And pick up your old band instruments. Give it a shot. I don't know if he's offering this, but I'm sure if you pay him, Brandon will teach you the trumpet over Zoom. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.